A Retirement Commission report finds that based on current trends, there will be a 100% increase in New Zealanders renting in older age. According to the report, in 25 years' time, 40% of over 65-year-olds will be paying rent. Against this backdrop, retirement village operators are increasingly getting out of providing rental accommodation in favour of the licence-to-occupy model. Older renters can expect to wait years to get into a rental unit in a retirement village setting. Most will end up in the private rental market, yet advocates say there's work to do around the availability, suitability and affordability of these homes. So what options are left for New Zealanders renting in older age? Ethsa Periam is director at Eldernets and Dr Kay Savile-Smith is a researcher on housing in older age. At the uh, and the director for Centre for for the Centre for Research, Social Evaluation and Assessment. We'll speak to them in a moment. But uh, in a moment, we'll hear also from John Howell, who is seventy eight and lives in Huntley. He has been on the wait list for a rental unit at Kimihia Home and Hospital since twenty twenty one. We'll hear in a moment about the long wait that he has ahead of him. Eight minutes past nine it is. Uh, so let's welcome you first. We're going to hear from John and his story in a moment, but his story is by uh, no means uh, an unusual one. And this is the wait to try and get into a rental in a retirement village. Can you elaborate on why this is the preferred option for many older people? Uh, Morena, Kathleen. Uh, yeah, I can. So I think probably the first thing to um, split out though is that perhaps retirement villages and rental villages are quite separate sort of offerings for people so a retirement village in the in the way that we would think of the new complexes that are popping up where people are uh, moving into um, you know places where there's villas and apartments those are governed by uh, agreements and and contracts where there's an exchange of capital for people to move into those houses so that is quite different from a, a rental village where there is no exchange of capital. So they're operating in, in a rental market. So um, the reason, however, though, that people want to, to live um, in places where there are people like them is because we're humans and we like to live with people who are perhaps at the same age and stage as us and retired people are, are no different. They want to be with people who have perhaps um, reached the same era of their life. They like to be able to... Um, catch up with people who are interested in the same sort of things and have the same availability of time to, to catch up and do things together. And are these opportunities uh, becoming scarcer? Can you just explain a little bit more about the model, the rental option versus the much more common licence to occupy model? Absolutely. So I think that if we cast our minds back, I, when I remember being younger, I'm in my, my 40s, you know, there was council flats or pensioner housing or, or Freemason housing around our neighbourhoods where there used to be, you know, little blocks of houses, maybe 10 units together, uh, where people were renting. And those were often run by uh, religious and welfare organisations or not-for-profits. Uh, and those were the sort of places that we would have considered, you know, pensioner housing or old person's housing back back in the day. Uh, in the last sort of 20 years, we've seen a change of model and there has been a new model come into the, the market, which is the retirement village model. And that is competing with the 
with the private market in regards for people who own their own homes. So what, whilst that has increased, you will have all seen that there's been uh, lots of new villages springing up around the place. You probably will have also noticed that the traditional pensioner housing units have uh, have gone and have been replaced, usually uh, just by normal housing. Uh, and that's because the, the rental units that used to be around just basically don't reach the, the healthy home standards anymore and they're no longer fit for purpose. These units often had a number of, of steps to get into the house. They didn't have the right kind of wet bathroom that was suitable for supporting people in older age. And they weren't double glazed. They weren't well insulated. Uh, so they haven't, they're no longer fit for purpose and they've been retired effectively. So John is 78. Thanks, sir. So John is 78. He lives in Huntley. He's been on the wait list for a rental unit at Kimihia Home and Hospital since 2021. He tells us he's still got a long wait ahead of him. When I joined the waiting list, I was number 32, and since 21, I have now progressed up to number 12. Uh, it could be another another couple of years before one becomes available because they turn over very slowly here in, uh, at Kamaheri. They're well sought after because uh, their rents are reasonable. Yeah, so people tend to stay in them until they either get uh, put into the rest home, it's the hospital side of the rest home, or uh, they pass. When I, I sold up here, uh, I still wouldn't have enough to buy in without having a mortgage. And then you've got all the other stuff that goes, you know, the yearly, monthly payments or whatever. Because I live out the back, I live 12 and a half k's from the supermarket. That takes about 20 minutes to get into town. And if I lost my licence through eyesight or just old age or whatever, um, I would be um, at a loss what to do because I've got nobody here in Huntley that could help me apart from neighbours, and you can't rely on neighbours for the rest of your life. Meals on Wheels doesn't come out there. Uh, you can't get a bin even. Get in there before before I, I I'm put into the actual rest home part. <laughs> That's John Howe. It's uh, um, good to see a sense of humour there, but probably not an unusual situation, right? No, not an unusual situation. Um, the thing we need to remember is that older people are really no different to to the general population, and they're not um, they're not protected from the market market forces around rentals at the moment. So rentals for everyone are hard to get, uh, but for older people, because they may require housing that's more age friendly, then they're facing an additional challenge. And as John pointed out, they're like the the they also need to be close to services that they need. They need to be close to their GP, their pharmacist, the supermarket, Meals on Wheels. Um, so, you know, rural uh, or semi-rural accommodation is also not often suitable for older people unless they've got good support networks because they really need a little bit more support to stay living, you know, at home for as long as they as they want. So that's one particular situation. We're going to hear more about that tomorrow. Actually, we're going to talk to the rent- uh, to the Retirement Villages Association about uh, where they're uh, tracking, where their members are tracking in terms of provision. 
What are the mm-hmm. other options, Esther? A, a lot of councils have got out of, of offering social housing. Uh, we know the yeah. state house build has picked up in recent years, but it was after a drop-off. How would you describe social housing as an option for many people? I think that, once again, it is um, a challenge for our whole society, so therefore is a challenge that older people will face. There are options for older renters, and there are new models coming out. There's the Abbeyfield model, which um, is a model that's been imported from England, which is sort of like a a, communi- a, a co-housing model, sort of like flatting together. You have your own room and maybe a wee lounge, but you have a shared lounge, a shared housekeeper, uh, and someone to help with some of the very small tasks. They're not, they're not at all able to help you with really supported living, but they are able to offer options. There are people who are still providing rental options in villages, but they are usually doing it uh, at a loss. So it doesn't really make a lot of commercial sense. And the problem with, with offering these services is at a, lot, at a loss means that you can't reinvest in the property and keep it up to standard, which is why we've seen so many of these properties fall away and no longer be fit for purpose. Um, there are other options, of course, around people choosing to live with family or whanau, but of course those uh, options can be fraught with uh, just the family relationship dynamic um, there's there's issues for, uh, we know that when that happens that there may be increased issues of elder abuse where people, are, um, they run out of options once they move in with family and then they can feel like they are uh, beholden to people and they're, they're, they're not able to live their best lives. Uh, so there are some real challenges for older adults who don't have a, a large amount of disposable income. And obviously New Zealand super, if you're alone, is less than $500 a week. So if you consider how much rent costs, uh, you can see that there's not a lot left to, to to purchase a lifestyle that most people would want for older New Zealanders. So let's talk about the private rental market. We know that rents have been rising. They plateaued a little. They're on the rise again now. And are they rising faster than superannuation is? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely they are. But again, we've got the problem of the fact that not all rentals that are suitable uh, for people are suitable for older people. So uh, if, if, you know, the, the goal of most people is to remain in their own home for as long as possible, which means that a house needs to be built with, with ageing in mind. So that means it needs to have wider doorways, it needs to have uh, bathrooms that are able to be used by people. So when we've got a shower over a bath, for example, like that's not safe for an older person to get in and out of if they're not very uh, ambulatory. So there's lots of, of things. A, a, a two-storey house, for example, when the bedrooms are upstairs, might not be suitable for an older person who has trouble navigating stairs. What's also happening with availability of, of rentals in some parts of the country anyway, it's extremely competitive, Ithsa, and is it a mm-hmm. difficult market for older people? It's absolutely a difficult market for older people. They've, you know, If they are relying on NZ Super to be their sole source of income, then they're relying on probably less than $500 a week. Um, they're also competing with people who uh, fit, a, fit a different profile. So a young, dynamic working couple may look like a better option for a home than than an older person who you might look at and think, gosh, I'm not sure how long they might be staying here. I'd like to rent my home out to somebody who I can guarantee will be here for five years. You know, there's there's lots of 
things that property owners look at when they consider who they'd like to rent to. And for some people, an older person might not look like the ideal tenant, even though they're very likely to pay their rent on time, probably will keep the garden in really good nick, might even invest in some vegetable gardening. But, um, you know, they might not be what that person is looking for. Is, is it also relatively rare to have something like a one-bedroom unit in many parts of the country? It's often two beds plus and the price, bag, uh, the price tag attached. Oh, absolutely. If you look at the the accommodation that is being built now, which is suitable for seniors, they're not large. They don't have double living areas. Um, so, you know, when it's, it's if you have a, a single bedroom or a studio apartment available that might be good for an older person, it's likely that you'll be commanding a premium for that that, that will put an older person out of the mix because, you know, once again, if they're on that fixed income, um, they're not going to have $500 to spend on rent. Stay with us, Heath. So let's bring in K, Dr. Kay Savile-Smith, Director of the Centre for Research, Social Evaluation and Assessment, who's extensively researched housing in older age. Kay Morena, welcome back to Nine to Noon. Morena, Catherine. Kia ora, Esther. <clears throat> so remind us what's happening with the number of New Zealanders who are or will be renting past the age of 65. Well, I mean, you know, you've quoted the Retirement Commission report. That's probably at, it probably gives you a sort of suppressed number, really, for older people coming into rent. So what the predictions show is at the 65th birthday, if you like, so when someone enters retirement, we can expect more than 50% of those people at their 65th birthday to be in rent. And that that means that that flowing on of rent, although it's modified by the fact that most older people are still owner-occupiers now, but but the growth of people, older people, or people ageing in rent and becoming retired in rent is increasing. So this is a big issue for New Zealand. It's a territory that we haven't been in since uh, probably the 1940s. Uh, So this is quite new for us, um, and we are going to really have to address some of this. And the things that we used to have that looked after older people in their housing, uh, in terms of rental housing, have largely disappeared uh, from the public market at least. And that's partly, as you've mentioned, councils selling off houses and so forth. John Howell, whom we heard from earlier, says he owns his place at the back of Huntley, but he won't get enough from selling it to buy into a licence to occupy accommodation. Of course he won't. And and is that, he's obviously in a smaller town, uh, but even in some of the bigger bigger metro areas, is is that the case? Will most be able to make that transition? It's it's probably those in perhaps um, smaller or lower priced areas who will struggle. I think that we, people struggle in, in smaller uh, provincial towns and rural areas as well as metropolitan areas. We've had um, own, you know, uh, ORAs going for over a million dollars in Auckland. So you're going to have that, and that means most people in ORAs who, who go into retirement villages have high equity 
both in terms of they have no mortgage, but also they have a high-value asset. If you've got a low-value asset, even if you're mortgage-free, you'll struggle to get into a retirement village. And retirement villages did used to rent, actually. Many years ago, 30 years ago, there was a, there was a small proportion of, of renters in retirement villages, but retirement villages have, have moved out of that area because it doesn't fit their business model. It doesn't fit their social model, in terms of who they want in retirement villages to have renters in there, and it doesn't fit their financial models either. So they, although I suspect there is a view, well, you know, we we build buildings for older people, therefore we can <clears throat> provide in here if someone gives us enough money to do it, i.e. the government. I, I don't think that that's going to be the only thing about retirement villages, taking up, the provision of rental to seniors. There's a lot more going on in there. And what we do have, though, is we have a situation in which council housing, which was dedicated to pensioners largely, um, has now become either socialised, so it goes to a much broader population group, or has been lost altogether. And that's a real problem for us because that was the housing that catered for low and modest income pensioners in rent. Looking at those numbers and and seeing how tight the rental market is already for um, younger people who uh, might be in couples or might be flatting, uh, what's your observation, Kay, about our our preparedness? You know, when when you stop um, supporting owner-occupation, all sorts of things happen, and this is one of them. Um, What has happened, of course, is that actually landlords or property investors actually used to like older people a lot because they thought they weren't going to be out there cooking up pee or having big parties or whatever. There are a couple of things that have happened in that space, though, for seniors. One is the flow in of people into the rental market who have got reasonably high incomes. I don't mean high, high incomes, but I mean middle income. So they're pretty liquid. And so therefore, their ability to pay is typically better than a senior. So the ability to raise rents is very attractive to landlords. Understandably, that's their business. Um, And so that means that there is a squeeze on seniors. The second thing that has happened is, and you you do get some retirement village operators talking about this, but it's more about sort of private uh, landlords, is there's a real fear that someone is going to die in their little flat and that that will be, lead to all sorts of problems of releasing the flat for re-renting and all sorts of stuff that goes on in there. Um, so there's that whole anxiety around some landlords. And there is an anxiety, too, about older people um, uh, get, uh, become, uh, being affected by dementia and therefore becoming difficult and hoarding and, and all sorts of things like that. So there are these sorts of incipient sort of anxieties among some landlords. So there is a, there is a resistance to seniors in a way now 
that there wasn't 20 years ago. And that's encouraged by the fact that, of course, you've got much more demand in the rental market because people can't get into owner younger so, people. So each of you, just as a final question, what instead of waiting for the last minute again, as we always do, till there's an absolute catastrophe... What are some of the models that that people might be thinking about? It's interesting simplicity with its new um, investment fund, um, not massive returns. It's talking about the same sort of returns on average in time, perhaps as as a fixed. Um, uh, sorry, as a um, a return uh, on investment through rental. Yes, yes, yes. Is yeah. uh, is yeah. a sort of a, a fixed term in a bank. Yeah. But yeah. It, what it is doing, however, is, is looking at pooling together a fund, a multi-billion-dollar fund, to deliberately build rental accommodations, build to I, rent accommodations, among other things. I, it, I think uh, I'll, I'll say a couple of things, and Esther, I'm sure you'll have a very strong view on this. One is that I think there are models that we could use that we don't use particularly around what we call intermediate tenures. Cooperative housing is extremely good and leads to mixed communities. Many seniors don't like RVs even if they can afford them because they don't like the idea of being ghettoised. So mixed communities are very attractive and cooperatives can be provide affordable housing for seniors as we see in, for instance, the Peterborough Street Cooperative in Christchurch. That's one thing. The second thing is that we need to look really strongly at why the councils have divested of their housing and what encouraged that to happen and what encouraged them not to invest and redevelop that housing. And the third thing is, Zester has rightly pointed out, is that we need to build accessible housing, all housing in New Zealand on day one. So we're not in the situation where we continue to have inappropriate housing. Okay, thank you. And Esther, that question Mm. to you too, please. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would perhaps even go a step further. I'd say that we have already waited to the last minute. Uh, we are at the beginning of the baby boomers pushing through. We are not at the middle or the end of it. We have 30 years of people ageing to come. So we are already in a rental crisis as a country. Uh, and we are going to have more senior people who, as Kay has said, are coming into, uh, coming into retirement as renters. So I think we have already waited to the last minute. Um, when I think about alternative housing models, I think we have got to look internationally. I think that cooperative housing, as Kay has talked about, is absolutely part of the answer. I think we need to look at current models and and ask ourselves how can we uh, change and adapt them to make them suitable for people who perhaps don't have uh, capital to invest but may have uh, sources of income like NZ Super. How can we make that um, a way that people can uh, afford housing. Uh, NZ Super was created when people there was an assumption that people would own their own houses into reti- into retirement. Um, so we need to, I think, we need to look at NZ Super and ask what does that do for people who rent? Is that model still suitable? And I know that there's a lot of discussion about NZ Super, but I think um, we need to put housing onto the table there as well. I think um, I think we've got a lot of thinking as a society to think about how do we value uh, not just uh, people in society who can't afford to own homes, but, but our older people who have contributed through their lifetimes, uh, how, how would we like them to be accommodated and whose job is that? Yes, is it thank council? you, Esther Periam. Thanks yeah. also, Kay Sable-Smith.